Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Well, good afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, gentlemen. What is rocking and rolling out there in the basketball world as we speak? Well, I always say it. It's it's a 365-days-a-year uh, sport. And, you know, right now you've got a multi- multitude of things going on. Arkansas Razorbacks back, back to practice, you know, when school came, returned on the 21st, so a little over a week ago. They're still doing limited work, Randy. It's still four hours per week for now. That'll that'll escalate uh, here soon. Uh, you know, Arkansas. When you look ahead, it's not that far. I mean, we're almost to September, um, and uh, then in October you'll have you know you'll have the red white intra squad scrimmage, uh, the annual game, and you know you'll have two exhibition games. We know one of those is on October 28th. That's a Saturday, a charity exhibition. Arkansas is going to host Purdue arguably the top program in the Big Ten or Big 20 or whatever it is now. Uh, you know, I was looking at the football schedule, guys, and that game, that's a Arkansas's bye week in football. Yeah, that's right. So, it, you know, it's great. I mean, you really get a chance to, to draw a big uh, crowd for that and, and have it really have its own stage uh, because football's off that week. Um. You know, usually the, the first exhibition game would be against a Division II school. That hasn't been scheduled. That if it's been scheduled, it has it hasn't been announced. I think, you know, typically it's a week or so before that that final one in October. The regular season opener opener will be on November sixth, so you kind of just walk it back. Uh, October twenty eighth for Purdue. I think maybe seven to ten days prior to that, they'll play the first exhibition opponent. And usually, the red-white game, since Musselman's been here, you know, Barnhill Arena, it's usually mid-October, usually on a Sunday. I don't know that we're going to see it land exactly that way. This year, I was looking at the volleyball team's home schedule, and they play in Barnhill. Um, and there are games. They've got home home, home games, uh, you know, when Arkansas otherwise the, the basketball team might try to uh, have a red-white game. So it's not that far off. You know, like I said, they're back to practice now. Uh, we've seen videos in the last week or so since they've returned. They were doing individual videos when they took the break. This one's been more a couple of team, you know, mashups where they show the team. And it's, there's been no five-on-five. Five. It's all been five-on-zero, no contact, shell drills. Um, and you see Trevor Brazil and some of the drill work and, and – you know, I just want to point out to everyone that he's still doing limited practicing. When I say limited practice for the teams, that means it's only four hours per week. But for Trevin, as he continues to be on his schedule for a full return in September, he's still doing, you know, he's not doing full contact and he's not doing everything that everybody else is right now. Um, and Chandler Lawson, a player that committed and joined the Razorback team back in June, he was it was the day after the NBA draft, so June 23rd. He made his commitment announcement, but he never joined the team for practices or for summer school sessions. 
in June or July. So he once the team returned uh, on August 21st, which was a week, like I said, a little over a week ago, uh, he is now full go and he is also practicing. So uh, that's just you know there's not a lot to to talk about right now because we know it's about to get hot and heavy with the season opener for football. Um, but there, but there's always something, at least something to talk about. Because, like I say, basketball, there's always something going on, and that includes the Razorbacks. All right, this um, from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. Uh, where was that? Um, okay, let me jump over to this instead. This is from the Asher Record Service Company Life and Feedback. Uh, Deuce says, do you think the level of talent up and down this roster will force Musk to expand his seven- to eight-man rotation? No. I don't think it's going to force him to do anything differently than what he's done every year, and he's had a lot of success. You know, it's interesting because he's got he had four years at Nevada, now, just complete, you know, he obviously has completed four years in Arkansas about to enter year five. The man has two Elite Eights and two Sweet Sixteens. Um, so 50% of his college coaching career, he's advancing in NCAA tournaments. He's advancing teams in postseason play. And it's hard to argue with that. On top of that, his teams, we've seen it. They come in with lofty preseason expectations, top 10, top 15. Uh, it's a program that typically stays ranked through the season. We know last year was an aberration relative to the previous two years at Arkansas when they when they went on that slide, had a, had a poor showing in SEC play. They were also dealing with injuries. But once they got at least Nick Smith Jr. back, they didn't get Trevor Mizzou back, but they got Nick Smith Jr. back. The team, I thought, got better at the end of the season once he got into postseason play and they advanced to the, to the second week in the NCAA tournament. So having said all that, I don't see why he would change. I think in his how he does rotations, what I think is interesting is he's really loaded up on experience on this roster when you look at transfer portal and retention of guys. Um, and I think it gives him more options. It gives him more diversity in skill sets. It gives him a lot of experience to choose from. And I think there could be some shell moving, you know, moving the shells around the table, the old shell game. He's done it before on a smaller scale, I think he's got more options now of guys to plug and play. But at the end of the day, game to game, I see a top seven, maybe eight rotation. When they get into the heat of the schedule, there may be some non-conference opponents that they're winning big and everybody gets to play. But everybody knows how Mussman does it. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to see something similar to what we've always seen. Let's talk with Clark. Well, never mind. Okay. All right, this also from our... Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback. Hoops coach says, what does Hoopscoop think about John Calipari's recent comments about being critical of the transfer portal and saying it's the same as one and done? I, I don't, you know, Calipari is, is <laughs> I mean, he is the inventor, mm-hmm. effectively, of teams recalibrating the roster every year and not building a program long-term. Yep. I mean, he, right. he's really the first, arguably the first author of that process, right? I mean, he, you know, you're loading up on five stars. It wasn't transfer portal, but it's the same premise. Uh, turning players, 
season to season turning that roster over and just bringing in the next batch. Um, you know, Kentucky has not probably done as well when you look at the one national championship. That's you know everybody wants to do that, and that's great. But relative to the way that he's recruited and what the recruiting rankings have been since he's been there for this long. Uh, sustained period of time, they probably haven't done as well as their own fan base expects. Um, and I think it's interesting that he would criticize a process now uh, that he all almost helped create again through the high school recruiting for the most part. But you know, when you're turning and burning players like that, you're not building a program long term. And so anything goes if that's what if there's a shift in college basketball. He helped, you know. He, you know, he helped that revolution, in my opinion. So I don't know what what where his criticisms are that stray away from what he thought, what he thinks he's been doing as a head coach for all these years. And then also, wow, you made big time. Barry Ann has sent you oh, wow. a question by way of our Azure Record Service Company live in feedback. Ask Kevin who he would put as the preseason favorite. In the SEC. Wow. I think this is going to be a strong year for the SEC. I do. And I think there's multiple teams you could put up there. Um, I, I'm going to tell you guys, I think Arkansas has a strong case. Um, we know they have been to get off to slow starts in SEC play. We know that that's been a big hindrance uh, in terms of playing catch up and getting back in the race. Uh, the first Elite Eight team was able to do that. Kevin, hang, hang on. Hang on. we got to take a break. Hang on. All right, Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. We'll be rejoined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Fence Brokers. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Well, Kevin, right before the break, you were talking about the preseason pick you may have in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I you know I think Arkansas for some of the reasons I mentioned, um, you know, the retention, the the veteran uh, qualities of the team, and I think the diversity of what what there is up and down this lineup. I think it's the most probably positionally and skill wise. I think it's probably the most diverse group Muslims had at Arkansas, and we just ran down his list of successes. So uh, I think it's you know we know Arkansas's had slow starts in SEC play every year. And um, that's hurt them. That's hurt them, and they kind of get out of the race. I think this is the year, because of all the veteran qualities, you always wonder, will they be rounding into, you know, a better form when SEC play starts than previous teams? And there's a good chance for that. I like the challenges they have in non-conference. Um, and so I think this are, there's a real pot- potential for this bit to be Musman's first team out of a gate the challenge uh, and, and go, the, go the distance. Now, do I think Arkansas should be the preseason number one? I don't know. I don't know that, uh, you know, I think definitely top three for me. Um, you know, there's other programs that are operating at a strong level right now. Tennessee's one of those. I think Alabama's going to be a little bit down. 
you know, A&M, Mississippi State, I think those are going to be quality teams. Um, you know, and I think, um, you know, Auburn, you know, usually has something to say. Uh, so I think this might be, uh, from the top to the middle, one of the best years coming in, at least on paper, uh, for, the, for the strength of the SEC. Um, and I think Arkansas has got a great chance uh, to start better. And I think if that happens, this is a team that can actually win the league this year in Mussman's fifth season, which will be a first. It's been so good at getting things figured out after those slow starts and getting things corrected and then making those deep NCAA tournament runs. I know Arkansas fans would like to see Arkansas to be in a position as well to win the conference, and I think there's going to be a, a shot at that. I think it's going to easily be a log jam. There's no question. Let's talk to uh, Navy Mike. Mike, what's up? Hello, Randy. And, uh, you know, uh, Rick, I guess Rick says. Um, yeah. who, you know, who's, I, I don't really have anything for you, for any, for a question for you. I don't want to waste, you know, your time for guys that do. Can I uh, uh, hang on till your, you know, the next segment, Randy? Uh, next segment, uh, I will have Landon Leach. So, if it's football related, that'll work just fine. It, it, it is. It is, Randy. Yeah. All right. You mean put you on hold, or you want to call back? Sure, sure. No, I'll, I'll, you can just hold me, and I'll just hang tight. All right, hang tight. All right. Let's see. Uh, Ozzy says. I think you can make an argument that we might have made the Final Four uh, if only Nick had not been injured. Um, I think Trevor Brazil being out really hurt as well. I don't know. I think, to me, that looked like a Final Four roster when everybody was healthy. I think with Nick, it it looked like a roster that could, could, you know, maybe overcome – being an eight and ten, tenth place finisher in the SEC, and we saw that. And you know, it's so funny because fans remember. You know, a lot of times you look at. You know, Nick didn't have the best in play tournament, but he hit a big shot, had a good game against Auburn, and that got Arkansas off the map. That was an in play tournament team. That was a quad one win in Arkansas's opening game in the SEC tournament. And guess what? Arkansas had lost three consecutive games to finish the regular season. Nick was a big part of Arkansas' success in the games he played in. Uh, he helped deliver that neutral site win against Oklahoma. That was a 10-point win. Uh, North Carolina-Greensboro, the home game where Brazil goes down. Nick led Arkansas in scoring, and really, it was a game Arkansas trailed most of the way. And he kind of put them on their back and got them to the finish line. He had some other good games in SEC play. He also was up and down. Uh, he was a guy that was in and out of the lineup, and as a true freshman, I don't care how good you are, uh, he, you know, he he never seemed to quite find his rhythm, not only individually but with his teammates. And so, but I do think he helped Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas makes a Sweet 16 without his contributions after returning. So, having said that, was it a Final Four team with him potentially? No, I don't think so. But I think had he and Trevor and Brazil both been healthy, and it was a consistent thing, I think that looked like a Final Four roster to me. Plus, they wouldn't have finished 10th in the SEC. If those two guys had stayed healthy all year, they wouldn't have been 10th in the SEC. No. No. And, and you know, I mean, go back to, you know, even in Maui, when, when Nick was out, uh, you know, Arkansas plays Creighton to the wire. It's a three-point loss. They come back in the third-place game and 
find a way to get to overtime and, and, and beat San Diego State. Well, I mean, San Diego State played for a national title. Creighton made it to the Elite Eight. Arkansas won on the road against Kentucky. Arkansas had its moments, but it was a young team, as good as the five stars were, even the healthy ones. You saw the up and down. I mean, a guy like Jordan Walsh, who, who you know, he projects as a potentially elite defender, and they were flashes of that. But at the same time, as he's learning the game, he's also getting into foul trouble. So you're losing. And what happens when you foul? Teams are either shooting free throws or they re, or they get first clock, at least part of a clock. So you, you, you don't necessarily close out a great defensive position. So all those little things, you know, kind of are, were growing pains, and I think they gave our, Arkansas had extended growing pains. You know, youth uh, and so many newcomers combined with a couple of really big injuries. I think that explains the 8-10. I think Arkansas, um, you know, made right by getting to that Sweet 16. And, you know, that was not a cakewalk. I mean, you played the number one seed in your region in the second round as an eight seed and in the defending national champ on top of that and a conference champ on top of that. So, you you know, it's not like you've just got fortunate in your bracket. Arkansas did a, did a great job of coming together at the right time, and they ran into a buzzsaw against UConn. I don't think anybody that saw that game uh, and, and seen what UConn did through, the, through its six wins in that tournament should be all, overly ashamed about how Arkansas, you know, exited that field because everybody got bounced pretty hard by, by UConn uh, as that team was, you know, looked like it was a team of destiny once it got to postseason. If there was ever one team that you can think back in the NCAA tournament that got as hot as UConn did and you could argue peaked at the right time, it was the Huskies. I mean, they they played flawless yeah. basketball. And, uh, Guys, it, 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 and Randy, I'm cutting you off because it's on the top of my head. Two years before that, it was Baylor. Baylor did that. They were knocking mm-hmm. everybody down pretty hard, mm-hmm. uh, including Gonzaga in the title game. And Arkansas actually played Baylor within the closest margin that Baylor had right. in that in that tournament. So Arkansas, I mean, it's almost like making excuses, but, you know, it's pretty admirable what Arkansas has done in the last three NCAA tournaments when you look at all of it, knocking off defending national champs, number one seeds in the region, back-to-back seasons. I mean, there are a lot of things accomplished with no necessarily easy path. I thought Arkansas played some of the toughest teams and faced some of the toughest teams. And, yeah, there were a couple of upsets that Arkansas benefited some matchups along the way. But for the most part, I think Arkansas map is a top 10, top 15 program. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you later on in the week. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. And thanks to our friends at Fence Brokers. Hour number three, straight ahead.